You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Drinks with Johnny podcast. This week, I am joined by Masked Wolf, a man from Australia that has one of the biggest songs in the last couple of years, an astronaut in the ocean. And since this chat, actually, he's been working with uh, Bring Me the Horizon. They had a single come out just a, what, a week or two ago um, called Fallout. Really great song. I just listened to it uh, a couple days ago. I'm really digging the track. You guys should go check that one out, too, after, of course, you finish listening to this episode. Uh, Wolf is a really great guest. Uh, again, just talking to him about the difference of being in the hip-hop world versus the rock world, coming from the land down under, as they say, in Australia, and just the difference of his path and career. I mean, he's really uh, honed in what he's done more recently in his, uh, in his you know, late 20s, early 30s. And uh, that these are the first shows that he's been playing uh, that started, uh, you know, during the pandemic in 2021 uh, after the popularity of Astronaut in the Ocean. We get into all that and so much more. Some sports talk, as I love to do with any of my guests that will have it. So uh, without further ado, I bring you my chat with Mass Wolf. All right, man. So I'm so excited today. I'm sitting here with Mass Wolf all the way from you're in Sydney, right? You're in Australia. I just moved from Sydney to Gold Coast, but yeah, down under with the kangaroos. <laughs> I love the Gold Coast, man. I've only been there, I think, once. If I remember correctly, there's like this this upstairs bar that I that I hung out. We walked up and down like that main strip um, next to the beach oh, with all the restaurants, and then there's like it was like some kind of bar upstairs, I think. Uh, well, the club strip is called Orchid Avenue. Like that's the yeah and then you've got like surface paradise and broad beach where the restaurant areas yeah i think it was i think it was the clubs it could have fuck man this was years ago i haven't been back in way too long yeah yeah no well it's a good area for restaurants and food and stuff as well yeah i've always loved going to australia i know that uh you you're kind of just getting back into the swing of things right or kind of the swing of things period since uh, the blow up of Astronaut in the Ocean. I know you released your record in, uh, late last year in September, right? And then since then, I've seen you, uh, you've been playing a few shows and stuff. Is, are these like your first shows playing in front of these crowds that know you from yeah. Astronaut in the Ocean and shit? Yeah, I mean, I, the first one was really during the COVID pandemic, which was uh, in Romania, which was weird. And to see like 40,000 people in a crowd when COVID is still around was very, very, you know, weird. Um, but it was a very, it was a very good night. Um, and then, yeah, I've done like, I've, I've been to like LA. I did some performances around America, which was cool. Obviously COVID still um, played its part there and some things we couldn't do back in Australia as well. But I mean, now it feels like uh, finally things are just, it's gotten rid of and we're back to like our normal self besides yeah. wearing masks on, on planes. 
Aside from that, yeah. But uh, so you said you were out in LA and, and you've been able to do some shows around. Um, yeah. How often have you? Uh, I know I saw you probably in. I think you said you went to Vegas and Miami too, and yeah. some other interviews. How did you find America? I mean, did you go as a kid before you uh, went out as an artist, or uh, what were your impressions of America? I mean, for me, my favorite place was Chicago. Out of all the places I went to, I think I have like that. I don't know. It surprised me a bit because it felt it. It kind of felt like Melbourne from um, Australia, which is what people, a lot of people compare it to. Like I didn't go there in the winter though. And everyone was telling me that you don't want to be in Chicago for the winter because you'll, oh, no. you'll turn to ice. It's um, cold, LA was like, just super, super like, Hey, I want to be the famous or we're just working every day. You know what I mean? It's just real work heavy. Right. Um, but I enjoyed places. Like I got to meet Macklemore in Mil Milwaukee, which was cool. Um, and I love that. Like, every state or part of america it's like a completely different vibe um and completely different style or culture of people like the way they are so for me man like i'm a big nba fan so like i knew like parts of america and i wanted to see certain parts so for me it was like a blessing even just to be able to travel um overseas because it was during COVID. it was last year in um september so okay like when the doing a run when the album's out yeah, yeah, right, correct. Right, right. And you mentioned uh, being a big NBA fan. What's your team? San Antonio Spurs. And why I'm, is I'm, that? I'm not, I, I'm, I'm out, not, out of curiosity from someone at, in a different country, out of all the teams you would pick, what is it about San Antonio Spurs that, that you picked? When I when I pick sport teams, I um I I get attracted to like one or two players in the way that they play. So for me, it was Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. Um, and everyone used to just hate Tim Duncan because he was super slow, but the ball always went in the basket. Like he was just an old grandpa on the court, but he dominated. And I love that. And, um, I can see you've got the Raiders hat on. I've tried getting into NFL. I went to SoFi Stadium. It was the craziest stadium I've ever been to. Right. That fucking stadium is nice. And I hate to admit it. Yeah. I, I'm not a, I, I, the Chargers play there too, who are in my division. I, I fucking hate I it. I watched um it was the la uh not the, the not the not the rams the chargers the other the chargers and they versed someone and it was like 41 43. it was like one of the best games of the season and it was just non-stop scoring it that was, was the uh you were at like the fucking game of the season you just named it it was against the kansas city chiefs that one yeah, yeah that was uh yeah, yeah. That, wow you were there that's a hell of a game to go to man yeah, that was crazy. I'm not a Chargers fan. They're in my, I'm not a Chiefs fan. They're both in my division as a Raiders uh, fan. Fucking yeah. hate them both. <laughs> fucking fully candid about it. But no, yeah. I, uh, I'm excited about the season. They made a lot of good moves. But let's get back to basketball because you mentioned a lot of people hating on Tim Duncan. I think there's another reason why a lot of people hate on Tim Duncan too. Because he's, for me as a Lakers fan, it was San Antonio Spurs with that lineup you, you just you just talked about with Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, and yeah. my Lakers in the in the Western Conference Finals like every fucking year. So I hated yeah. seeing that's that. that's back in the um kind of like Derek Fisher days even as well with Lakers. Kobe. Yeah, Derek Fisher, Kobe. Um, it was just like I mean it, it still is kind of that now. There's always a two top two or three teams in a, in a conference. But for oh, me, right. like it was either Lakers, it was either Lakers, Boston or San Antonio. Really? See, I understand so. Lakers or Boston being the bigger markets. That's why I'm so, so intrigued. Yeah. And I'm being in Australia. Did you get to see a lot of San Antonio Spurs games? Is there, is there an outlet out there that's even playing those? When the song popped off, I completely like stopped um watching like nba being into it because like you have to watch it on like nba league pass or you have to like right. be there for that time and i just had didn't have the time for that well being a san because, antonio spurs fan since the since your song popped off they haven't yeah. been the san, san antonio spurs yeah, that you grew up so and, you probably and, just came off at the right time yeah and patty mills uh left us too yeah uh for brooklyn okay but, uh, then now i forgot about patty mills he, yeah that yeah, would be he's australian we had australian um, boy. yeah 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 we've got a i think another australian there as well but um yeah for me man it's just like even with covid it really made nba boring 
um, because like I think NBA is one of the sports where you need a crowd there. Like right. the, you, the players thrive off fans in NBA, like the adrenaline and yeah, it kind of got lost with COVID and the bubble, which is what they called it. But yeah, it's back now. Yeah, no, it's it's fully back and I love it. But you mentioned like uh, fans and stuff. Do you get the, a lot of that energy from from the stage too? I know for me as an artist as well, you're feeding off the off the fans more than anything. Yeah. Did you guys do or did you do any of the uh, uh, virtual live shows or anything while while under yeah, lockdown? Yeah, I, I did like for a show we have like the tennis, which is the Australian Open. Oh yeah. Um, so I did like the live for that and stuff and the digital side. And for me. Um, it's obviously a lot harder. The physical connection is not there because you're not seeing anyone. You're just like having a camera in front of you and recording. So I guess you have to channel your energy sometimes either just from the song itself or or from another place. But um, I'm not a fan of it, to be honest. I always love, you know, whatever 200, 2,000, 20,000 people in front of you singing what you know about rolling down the deep or just enjoying themselves, you know, because... um, to be in the sun or whatever and just be out, you know, people have paid money to come see you or others, whatever. It's just, it's more valuable to me, more worthwhile. Yeah. It's got, it's, it has that instant gratification too. Like even if people, you know, you, yeah. you, you do what you can. Like you said, you did the digital thing for the Australian open. I'm sure a lot of people that was helping get through a lot of shit too, being locked up themselves, you know, so that's good and yeah. all, but you get, you don't get that instant gratification or that, that instant energy given right back to you. So as an artist, I, I, we, I haven't done any of those virtual things like that. So, but I can only imagine I would not be a fan either. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have a question for you as well. Yeah, yeah, man, go. Considering there's a whole bottle shop behind you um, of alcohol, what would be the two bottles or two drinks you would take if you were trapped on an island for the rest of your life and you were only allowed two alcoholic beverages? I'm wow. really curious. That's tough. That's tough. I'd have to take. Like you can say, if you're like a gin and tonic person, you can say gin and tonic. That counts as one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm, I. I. I think what I'd I'd bring a scotch, a bottle of scotch, and more specifically, yeah. a bottle of scotch that I know to be discontinued. But we're talking about a hypothetical anyway. So hypothetically, this bottle still exists. Deanston Thirty Year uh, Scotch okay. Single Malt is my favorite bottle of scotch I've ever had to this date. Um, yeah. And uh, a second one, you know, I'd probably take like a nice bottle of red wine, like a nice cab, maybe something. Okay. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe I actually maybe drink red wine with ice. I drink red wine with ice. It's okay, very that's weird. a fucking travesty, man. We're going to have to remedy <laughs> that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> my, my girlfriend is like, what are you doing? I get like white wine maybe with ice because you want to drink that like pretty yeah. cold, pretty crisp, even if it's a, you know, you guys actually are right around the corner from, from New Zealand. Well, you know, yeah. a, 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 a stone's throw, I guess. They have some of my favorite white wine. You guys have I'm some pretty a, great wine too, though. I'm not a white wine person, but my, my girlfriend harps on natural wine. You know, that's making like Chilled this wine. big, like, I've, I've heard so much about it, but I already have these bottles that I like and I'm like. I just haven't made yeah. the switch over to the, to the natural wines yet. Mm. Well, it's something on your list. It'll do. be on my list. You're going to have to show me a few, maybe. <laughs> it's definitely not me because I, <laughs> I, I drink uh, American honey wild turkey. That's my... Um, okay. Yeah. I've got a bit of a sweet tooth and I like that. Um, wild turkey. Taste. I mean, out of all the... All the American whiskeys that we have out here. I, I mean, yeah. first you tell me you drink red wine with ice cubes in it, and now you're telling me it's wild turkey out of all these great American bourbons we got. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I like Baileys. I really like Baileys a lot. What do you mean, like uh, like Baileys in your coffee, right? You're not you're not like Baileys on ice. No, either. like a, ba- a Baileys on ice, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wolf, and, you're uh, fucking killing me right now. Are you fucking serious? That's on, exactly I, my producer. And my, my, my two favorite cocktails, one's called an Old Fashioned and the other's uh, called uh, Black Manhattan. What's, uh, what, okay, I'm, I know an Old Fashioned. I know a Manhattan. Black, what Black makes Manhattan, Black Manhattan is like, it's more darker, more bitter than um, an Old Fashioned. It's not as sweet and the aftertaste is uh, a bit more tamer. Like it's not, doesn't hit you as hard, but it's darker. It's chocolate bitters. Man, 
Yeah. I, I don't, I got like, you. You're just, I got you. You got me I bad, got man. I was like, okay, he wants to talk about booze. Let's get into this. And he just hit me with a couple I of bad ones. Hit you with the curveball. Hit you with the curveball. <laughs> no, my, my, the, the booker producer on this show uh, that reached out to your, your manager and got you on here, which I'm really happy that you're here, he also drinks like cream liqueurs, a Bailey's, something like that on Beautiful. ice. And, but it's yep. the only thing he'll drink. And I'm just oh, okay. I'm That's so disgusted weird. by it. That's weird. Because I have it like after a meal, like at night. It's like I don't a dessert. Have, usually have it. Yeah, yeah, correct. Because you can get a red velvet Bailey's too, which is like. Uh, I've had that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, you've had it. You're I've had it. It doesn't mean I fucking drink it though. you got to be fucking game. kidding me. I don't Every knock day. it until I try it, Wolf. I mean, I'm not a complete <laughs> asshole. I've tried it. I just don't think it's very good. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. No, you have some good go-to drinks. You mentioned Melbourne. Now, there's a place in Melbourne. Last last few times I was there, it's the what is it? The social Melbourne Social Club, something something like that. It's like a high society like speakeasy in there. Mm, I don't know. Is it to perform? No, no, no. This is uh, no, no. This is like. Real nice place to like hang out and, uh, and have I some wouldn't drinks know. and stuff. Melbourne's like the least city like I'm familiar with okay. because um, I've never I've never lived there. I've only lived in Sydney and um, Gold Coast. And Gold Coast now. And when you do when you do go out and do concerts in Australia, I know mm-hmm. uh, traveling there for us is a little harder. You know, it's mostly flying in. A lot of people don't realize uh, from over here. You know, we're we're used to touring on buses and stuff, but you can't really take a bus maybe you correct me if i'm wrong these days from one city to another um yeah, when you have those far, when you have all the safari in the way right yeah i mean it's just it would it's not really viable because the flying is would be cheaper right um price wise so i mean like from sydney to gold coast it's an hour on a plane right and then it's and then gold coast to melbourne it's two hours so it's like and those Qantas flights, I gotta say, I love those Qantas flights. You like Qantas? I do. I always get like that little that little carrot cake, and I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, Qantas are very good. Yeah, actually, the best best out of all of them. Qantas and Virgin are the two best. Right, right, right. I've done some Virgin flights too. Um, yeah. So where where are you uh, playing when you're in Australia most most of the time? Then are you just kind of um, kind of Sydney, all of them? Sydney, Gold Coast, Melbourne, just all of them. Sometimes Adelaide. Been to um, Adelaide. Perth? Yeah. Not really Perth. More like Queen, it's Queensland, New South Wales, and mm-hmm. um, and Victoria, which is Melbourne and all that. But I'm doing some regional stuff coming up, which is like more country, um, on the outskirts, which would be cool um, because I feel like a lot of people don't go to those places, um, especially in Australia when it comes to like rap. So that'll be cool as well. What, what, what kind of, what, have you been there before? Like, I know you're saying you're going there, playing those shows there. Is that somewhere you visited? While no, you I've never been. Never been. Oh, never wow. Been. That's crazy. I went to, to Townsville. I don't know if you know of Townsville. I was there last weekend. Um, it's like northern Queensland, like right close to the border. And it's like super hot. Like, yeah, 32 to 35 degrees during the day. So, And that's that Celsius because that's super cold if you're talking yeah, that's, American that's, Fahrenheit. Yeah, no. <laughs> Celsius. That's 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 wild to me though. That there's, I mean, it makes sense. There's before I started traveling and band and doing that stuff, many many places I haven't been. There's still plenty of towns I haven't been, um, in Mm -hmm. my own country. So I think it's. But what what what's the vibe in the in the country from your understanding? Um, in some of these new regions you're going to. Um, I mean, sometimes it's more laid back. Queensland's known to be a very laid back country like it's like the gold coast is in queensland so it's it's more chill sydney's like your your la you know the hustle the bustle and um melbourne's known to be like the the cafe the restaurants the nightlife the sport but for me man um it doesn't really matter where i go as long as the people there have the energy you know and Mm -hmm. i find that um when you go to regional places or I guess areas where a lot of performances don't happen, they relish it because it doesn't come every week or every two weeks of performance. It's like, oh, this is happening once in a three months. Right. Let's really, really have a big day and go for it. Yeah, we, we've done, there's those places here in the States too. We call them like tertiary markets, Midwest kind of cities that not a yeah. lot of people go to. And we've done a few of those tours and 
it, it's it's a different it's a different vibe. But I I mean they 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 are starving for entertainment in a lot of those places. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. They don't have the take it or leave it mentalities of the LA's or Sydney's, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, I'm not familiar with a lot of the geography, but um, right. you know, it's not a country singer to going to Nashville. You know what I mean? Like that's what you'd expect. It's more the outer banks. It's more that one state that like no one usually goes to that's what it kind of is well that's awesome that you're that you're doing that though i think that's i think that's great like and that's those are the things that i believe in uh for longevity of your career and stuff like going out yeah there i mean we, we don't obviously i never believe in like doing that out of your like i'm not going to go to this place because it's going to help my following grow mm -hmm. it's you know i do this because and we decide on doing this because we want to be different we want right. to go to the fans that maybe don't get that opportunity you know i always said when the song blew up um astro like i want to go to turkey i want to go to egypt which i did um i want to go to these places that these rappers or whoever don't really want to venture into even if the song does well because the core is go to america go to la you know branch out from there and for me i was like i want to do europe i want to do these weird places in europe so you mentioned though you you said you went to Turkey and Egypt. I went to, I went to Egypt. How so was far. Egypt? I've never been to Egypt. It sounds uh, it's on my bucket crazy, list. Crazy, crazy, like crazy, sad, and just an an eye opener. But also seeing like the pyramids there was just man. Yeah, that's I what I want to go believe. for. It's why my bucket list going and seeing the, that history. They they're huge. Like you think they're big, and then you look at them and you're like, how the hell did they do this back then? Fucking a! How did they do yeah. it? What 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 are the, what were the locals saying? How they pulled it off? Just a couple of chairs and some wood planks. <laughs> Jesus! No, I'm joking. <laughs> Apparently, it took ten years to transport and ten years to build. Okay, because because growing up, it was always this crazy mystery that well, you know we were told here in the states, and I just as I grew yeah. up older, I was like, no, I, I gotta believe that's just lost in translate in translation. Like they they yeah. have a better understanding when they've stared at them, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you see the stones in person, you're like, each one is like a ton. So, yeah, it's pretty insane. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Yeah, and so what were some of the other, what are, you said weird places in Europe, I guess. So what, what are some no, of the other places you go to? I wouldn't, I wouldn't maybe say weird, but different. Like Just I different, like to, not standard, right? Yeah. Like, um, like, I mean, when you say, when you think Europe, you think UK, like the London, you think, um, like, I want to go to Greece. I'm Greek, but I'd love to perform in Greece. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't think many rappers really do that. Uh, you know, I, I did, I did want to do Russia and Ukraine, you know, but things are a bit wild at the moment there. Um, so like, that's something I have to hold off from, but like, yeah, just crazy times over there. But yeah, all those like, Czechoslovakia, you know, all these weird places, Czech Republic, all that type of stuff that you're like, oh, what the hell? He's going there? Because I'm going to like Norway, Sweden and doing stuff in Germany, etc. But like for me, I want to push the boundaries a bit. Those are like, yeah, those are great places too. Those are big metal. Like I've been to those countries quite often and I, I don't know big about metal. their, I don't know about their yeah. hip hop scene, but I know they got a lot of metal. Soon find out. out there. <laughs> soon find out <laughs> i'm sure you'll have a blast either way though i mean they're, they're beautiful countries um yeah but uh yeah there was so getting back to the song real quick um i have to say mm -hmm. i heard you talking about uh i think you were on like some ryan seacrest uh show and you were talking yeah. about how it was crazy seeing you know five to ten year olds singing this song and yeah uh, the ocean and my son like loves the song and we play it. Uh, I, I bring out one of those big Bluetooth speakers. He plays soccer. He's a five-year-old. And it'd be, like when they score a goal, I'll, I'll like DJ and playing some songs for like these five-year-old kids. That's one of the ones the, the entire team requests. And uh, 
That's don't ask me how, don't ask me why, <laughs> don't ask me, was it when you were writing it, did you expect kids to sing it along? No, it wasn't meant, <laughs> it wasn't meant for kids. It was meant to be like a rap hip hop song. That oh no, it, and it very much is. I love, I yeah. mean, I love the song too. That's why I, like, I, I wasn't going to, I'm sure you've gotten those questions a million times. I was more so just sharing the fact that I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it no. and, I, and I appreciate that you're bringing the the new generation however it is i don't care like i'm stoked yeah. to see my son like no I, we're driving in the car and he's vibing with the lyrics he's singing every lyric and in rhythm yeah. and i'm like it's just crazy when i when i think about it i'm like there's no way shape and form did i think it would resonate with a kid from three to 12 years of age you know what i mean like and they're loving the song and they're like rapping it and then they're singing the chorus again they're like play it again i'm like what the hell like i, I was trying to be kendrick lamar in some verses like i was getting influenced there and i'm like i've got a five-year-old like singing what you know about rolling down the deep like the first thing they do and they go so it's, it's weird but i'm also definitely not complaining because no matter the age you want people remembering your music and singing along to it well, going on the other side of the spectrum, an, an old uh, white fuck like me, like myself, I had to ask the question: What is a thot? St uh, thought stands for that hoe over there. That hoe over there. That makes sense. I knew it was a fucking acronym, and I've seen it a million yeah. times on social well, it's media. Well, it's a, it's a common yeah, it's a common saying. Like uh, you're just a thought. Like when you say that to a girl, it's like you you just want um, you just turn up to places for the money the look the the drinks right That's, so when i say so i, I would be in, a thought i don't know <laughs> well i since, show up for the drinks i show i don't know about the rest of it but i show up for the drinks <laughs> it's usually a uh, uh, girl related comment okay okay usually yeah. well hey i just yeah. and and now you i'm just, looking to the other camera barriers. that i got going here because everyone just went Oh my God, Johnny didn't know what a thought was. And that's fucking, that's fucking, thank you for Johnny the didn't know what a thought was, but then realized after the description and definition that he actually is a thought. <laughs> that comes full circle like that sometimes. I don't know, I don't know yeah. if that happens, you know? Yeah. So for me, it was just like that line, like I believe in G-O-D, I don't believe in T-H-O-T, was just literally me outlining like I, from whatever, even if I got a lot of money or I didn't, I just don't believe in that that lifestyle going to the clubs and looking for a girl that just wants me for the money or the alcohol and the good night like i really didn't i wanted to emphasize that and yeah it just worked well no it works perfect and and to be honest even without knowing the exact definition of thought like i i, I could gather as much you know by the lyrics are around yeah. it. i was like i think i know kind of what it is but i didn't know what the acronym standed for so thank you for the education again and it's a no great worries. fucking song man it's got a lot of you know, the first couple of times you hear it and you're just get listening to the beat and everyone's going, oh, it's hooky, it's hooky. And then you actually get yeah. into the lyrics and it's like, no, this is, th he's saying some real shit here. Yeah. Well, no one knows that the guitar at the start's actually out of, out of tune on purpose. <laughs> it, no, it literally is. No, I, I mean, I, I wasn't laughing. I thought that, that's, a, oh, that's, that, that, that's like the, the that's bow, purposeful though. Bow, right? bow, bow. Yeah. That, that was out of tune. And we and my producer uh, Tyron Happy le left like that. Let me okay. So that that's a that's a that leads me to another question that I had. Are you? Uh, I know you're a rapper. Are you playing? Are you a musician? Do you play guitar as well? The only thing I play is a keyboard. Okay, that's it. And when I'm in a keyboard, I don't mean like a piano. I mean like a PC keyboard because right. I'm a gamer. I'm a pure gamer, and I'm just a rapper. <laughs> I can't I used to like when I first started getting into music I went from I went from piano to trumpet to bass guitar to drums to saxophone like I went through so many instruments uh even acoustic and I'm like I, I have chubby fingers and I'm like I just suck at this um and then eventually I just just found rap so none of a so you're saying you weren't you, you didn't you weren't vibing with any of those instruments I mean that's a lot to go through honestly but yeah. like was there anyone that you, you know, kind of wish you you'd pick back up now, or which which one out of them, worst case scenario? Which one? Would you I'd, oh, easily with? acoustic guitar. Okay, easily because I could use it in performing and stuff. Um, but I suck at like um, my body doesn't let me coordinate. 
you know, like when they tell you to rub one way and then do your stomach the other way. Do you know that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard of that? Yeah, like yeah. I suck at that. So like for <laughs> me, like even like rapping or speaking while I was trying to play the drums, I couldn't do it. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just I don't have that. I'll just stick to the microphone. So so back to the 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 out of tune guitar there at the top. How did it get laid down that way? And, and I like that it was a conscious effort afterward. I, I just thought it was it was very purposeful, and I thought it was like setting yeah. up the vibe to the song. My um, my producer, he we had like this weird weird style of working. So I was never in the room with him, and I was never speaking with him while he was making the beats. So I made Astro um, the lyrics, sent it to him, and he did the beat by himself. I had like no. I wasn't in the same room. I wasn't on the Zoom. Um, so wait, wait, wait. This, was this one of the rare times where you did the lyrics before the beat? Because I heard you talk in another interview yeah, that you did this, the... Nah, this is, yeah, lyrics before the beat. I thought of it in my car when I was driving um, home from work. And I yeah. was like, this could be really cool. And then Ty just added a beat to it. That's cool, man. Yeah. And then, so, so that... Would you say that's the only song that you've had the lyrics before the beat? Or just yeah. still pretty... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 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 that tagline that that got that gets it started. I think. Um, yeah. But. Well, I think I think of melodies while I'm listening to stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes there there could be an influence from whatever, but really the idea of Astro came about, and I was like, I just remember being in the car, I'm like, what you know about rolling down in the deep, and I was like, mm, astronaut in the ocean could be cool, and then I sent a message, and then. The rest is history. Yeah. I mean, fuck all the, all the accolades that you've gotten. I mean, just that song popping off on its own. And then, uh, you know, number one on pretty much every, every streaming scale you could fucking. Every Except for Spotify used. because Justin Bieber's too good. <laughs> I couldn't beat Peaches. And then Olivia Rodrigo came out with driver's license and I was down. I was gone. Uh, I was like, yeah, this ain't happening. But still, yes, the accolades were huge and I'm not complaining because oh. uh, it, it's just, yeah. It's so the thing so I understand that song you had already done in like 2019. So and yeah, we didn't, it, get it, it, we didn't get the rest of the album astronomical until 2021. Was yeah. that just because that was the first song and it was ready to go? And then you got back into the studio or what, what was the process there? So Astro released in 2019. Then it started like getting some heat in like 2020. Okay. Half maybe around 2021, 20 towards the end of 2020. And then obviously I got signed to a label and things happened and moved. And then that's when I started working on Astronomical. And then Astronom Astronomical is the intro song of the album as well, of the, the mixtape. So um, I released about, I think it was about 17 songs or something like that, 15 songs on the debut mixtape. And uh, I'm currently maybe in about one month's time working on um, – the album, new album. Oh shit, new album yeah, already. Yeah, I'm doing a project called uh, No Time for a Weekend, and it's basically me writing and recording an album in five days. Whoa, that's kind of fun. That's got to be a fun little challenge. Yeah, yeah. So it would be what, interesting. What brought, the, what brought that on you? Like already to like, you know, I got Kanye my first album out, and I just got to fucking go. Yeah, the Kanye documentary. Oh, cool. to be honest. I was watching the documentary and um, I've met Steve Aoki as um, you may have seen or others may know, but like- Yeah, I saw that on your- so, Sometimes you come across people where you think you're a hustler, you think you're a grinder, then you meet other people and they make you seem like you're lazy. And that's right. how I kind of felt. And I also think it's going to be a very cool experience. You know, it's going to push some boundaries, see what I can come up with. Um, but yeah, that's what I'll be doing. Damn, no, that is pushing it, man. I mean, fucking, my band takes a long time to put out an album, <laughs> but we're we're looking. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things move differently these days. I mean, as you just pointed out, you didn't have your record record deal till after Astronaut of the Ocean was popping off. Like when you made that deal, like maybe it's getting a little too far into the business side of it. But do you still have all the rights, all the publishing, all every everything to that single? 
Um, or is that? I think I, I think I hold a very small percentage. Because um, that was memory. done independently, then, right? Originally. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Astro was released independently. Then I got grabbed and picked up by the label. Um, mm. And look, like I have people will say, oh, you know, this person sold their, sold their soul. You should never sign with the label. But for me, I'm an Australian artist and rap is a very hard industry industry to break through internationally, especially let, let alone just Australia. Internationally, Australia is, it is five times harder. Um, and for me, I just saw it as this was my only opportunity to take my brand and who I was and the things I care about speaking to a global status so i didn't i didn't really care that what i was giving up for it because from what i've done since signing to now it's been tenfold i've got i've gotten to perform in front of forty thousand people you know that's what i've always dreamed of and i guarantee you if i held on to astro and i didn't sign i wouldn't have done half of the things i've i've done in the last year and a half yeah yeah no i it makes perfect sense i just was curious about you know for uh, your own, your own pocket, and I don't mean to be uh, putting yeah. my hand. No, on I wish, I wish I could. I think any artist wishes they could hold on to the masters, but um, right. uh, with with what do they say? With give comes take. Um, totally. So yeah. It's, oh it yeah, is I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking on the other side of that coin either. That wolf. Uh, I'd love yeah, to get my no, masters no. back too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get you for sure. But yeah, it, it, and before that, you know, you said it's always a dream of yours to, you know, have the success that you've had. Um, and I know that you, uh, from listening to some of your other interviews, you were in sales and just wasn't happy. Um, when did this dream as a rapper start? And probably early ages of like 13, I heard. But when did you really think it was it was be, going to become more of a, a, a real thing you can go after? I never thought it was going to become something in a sense of like, I wanted to be that, but uh, it was so hard to break into the industry. As I said, like internationally that I just said, keep going, keep going. You don't know what could happen. Um, I started like really getting into like poetry and writing maybe at around 13, 14. I um, started getting into like raps, like seriously at about 17, 18. And then to put it in perspective, the song popped off at 29. So 13 or 15 years down the track is when I got my lucky break. And one thing I've always said, there's a, there's a difference between successful people and unsuccessful people. And the difference is successful people don't give up. It's as simple as that. Um, That's a good one. Well, it's, it's very simple, but it's true. Like, I mean, you well, those either, are the best ones, aren't they? The, the ones that are simple and true and just, you know, just, yeah, yeah fuck. That's, that's true. You gotta yeah. keep So for it. me, like I, I didn't travel. I didn't, I didn't perform in the like 11 to 12 years that I was trying to figure out my sound. I never traveled. Um, I went to Thailand at 19 and the rest of the 11 years, I didn't go anywhere internationally. Um, and I just, you know, worked full time as you sort of brought up before in sales. I did sales ever since I got out of, um, high school and, um, I just did studios at nights and on my days off. So you said early on, you were like 13 when you're, uh, looking at lyricists and poets, what were some of the early inspirations at that time for you? Uh, well, I started religious rapping, believe it or not. Um, which religious rapping for someone like rapping about god okay rapping about god and um are you still religious i wouldn't say i'm religious i would say that i'm i'm conscious though okay i i don't i don't really be a dick to anyone i try and be a nice person i don't go to church anymore but um yeah i could be more religious but um i could definitely be be like uh Anyone can be more of an idiot, but I try and just keep my stable ground and um, be like who I am and what's true to me. But for me, like my influences um, were very big, like G Unit. I was a huge, huge G Unit fan. When well, that, that was came that out. was after that was that was past uh, religious rap, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Uh, <laughs> and then Kanye, Eminem. Um, and I, then I transferred I, in, in my early 20s. I really liked Kevin Gates, um, who I got to do a song with, um, which was crazy. So uh, for me, like, yeah, I, I like everything. My dad made me listen to the Beatles, Deep Purple, 
made you listen to. <laughs> like, well, I mean, if I'm a kid, no. you know what you know what I mean. Oh, like right, he, right, right, right. No, I, yeah. I, I totally. So like as when a I was, kid, you don't want to you, you want to listen to the cool shit. You're like, oh, yeah. come on, Dad, you're gonna show me this shit again. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. So, Deep Purple, Carlos Santana, The Beatles were like my top three. Okay. Um, I I went to like uh, both of those concerts, which was cool. Deep Purple and Carlos Santana when I was young. Um, and I think those type of things open my eyes up to like different sounds and different ways you can do music. Like even if you rap, you don't have to just do rap. It can be like a sweep, uh, a switch and swap of like melodies and styles, which I think for me was very important because with my music, I, I storytell a lot or there's always a meaning or some type of topic in it. And I like sticking to it. So yeah thanks dad but no thanks dad i don't <laughs> listen to that stuff anymore besides the beatles <laughs> well everyone's got to listen to the beatles still i mean yeah yeah i mean they, they did everything before but like you, you mentioned uh earlier on those what was it like 17 years if i did the math correctly uh between like mm. 17 and 29 that's not the right math but whatever that math is between like 17 <laughs> and 29 uh you didn't play you only went to thailand the one time uh, where'd you go into Thailand and uh, where, what kind of gigs were you getting uh, while you had the, the I didn't perform gym? once. Not at all. I, Not even locally. Perform, like, like I didn't perform once in 15 years, 15 years. That's okay. Yeah. From 13 to like 29, I didn't perform at all. Shit. Yeah. So like when Astro popped off, it was a, when people say your life did a 180, my life did a, like a big flip that right. I had to adjust to. So it was very difficult, but now I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're more than getting there, but you are, I mean, you did throw yourself right into the fucking fire. Uh, so I literally speak, got right? thrown into the deep. My song was about rolling down in the deep and I got thrown into the deep. Wow, man. Well, so what were some of the hardest adjustments for you? I mean, I've had a more gradual career. I started, you know, at 18 years old and you know, I'm 37 now, um, still hoping to keep it growing, but what was, what are some of the hard things, uh, getting, getting up in front of that many people for the very first time, not even having very much amateur background? Uh, like anxiety played a massive part in it all. Like, uh, I say I'm an omnivert, which is I can be extroverted or I can be introverted. It's like my decision. It depends on the scenario and like where I am and who I'm around. Um, but for me, uh, anxiety played a massive, massive part when it, the spotlight went on me, you know, like all these people yet mass wolf, you know, you're doing this, this eight zooms today on interviews, the next day, 13, the next day, 15, you know, like it just was went. it went from like, it's crazy. Like you work for something so hard and then you get it, but it, there's so much around it and it like ties you out and three months in LA of like constant studio sessions. And this is all things I'm not used to. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, like it was like, but the one thing I kept saying to myself was Harry, which is my, my real name. I'm like, Harry, if you quit, once you got everything you work for, you are the biggest bitch I've ever met. That's what I kept saying to myself, literally. So every day I just kept pushing myself um, just to go go to the next day, the next day. And that, and that, that's how anxiety and depression is, which is what Astro is about. Like, um, it's just, okay, I got, it. I got through today, I can get through tomorrow, then the next day, and then so on and so forth. So would you say it's kind of... I get the day-to-day -day thing there, but would you say kind of giving yourself a little tough love was how you got over that anxiety? Did you yeah. did you have I any outside help? I still get anxiety. Uh, I did in LA um, with Justin Bieber's, um, his name's Buzz. He helped Justin Bieber with his anxiety. Um, but one thing I do, which is like you, when, for those that have, those people that have anxiety, one thing you'll realize is you, everyone has their own little thing that they do. For me, I'm super like, uh, I want to get in a fight with my anxiety. I get super aggressive. So I, I like in my head, I go, come on, motherfucker. Like, let's do this. I've beaten you before. Come, come around and then go away because you're nothing to me. That's, that's what I say in my head. Um, and at the start, I wasn't doing that. Um, but yeah, it, it is tough, especially at the start. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, 
head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. Dude, yeah, I could, I mean, I can only imagine, and uh, I think a lot of people could uh, sympathize with the anxiety part of it, and I, I've, I've never heard it described that way where everyone finds their their way to beat it right in so many yeah. in so many words and i don't think i've heard the the way of like come on motherfucker let's go like yeah like you. justin I justin bieber again. justin bieber uh you know if you ever see a video on justin bieber and you see him uh either like rubbing his eyes or putting his hand through his hair and caressing it that's anxiety coping it's really weird i've tried that and it doesn't work for me well, I mean, everyone's an individual, right? I think exactly. a lot of times. That's what I'm, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of times in mental health, a lot of people get put in this certain bubble based on what, just like everything else in society, you know, it's like, oh, you're this type, you're that type, you're whatever, whatever it may be. So then a lot of times, I'm not saying this is always the case, but a lot of times, even in therapy, they're attempting the same thing that worked over here on someone completely different. And to me, I've always found that a little odd to be in something so progressive like the work on mental health, but to still blanket it all with this one idea. I don't I, I've never I've never prescribed to that. And uh, that's not to say like I'm some fucking smart person. I've been through therapy for many, many years now for other reasons. And the reason why I found the therapist I went with is because it was a thought outside the box on what was ailing me. It wasn't this like. You're not an individual. You're just like everybody else. We're going to yeah. treat it the same way. Yeah, for sure. For me, I mean, the one thing that is the common denominator for all like healing of anxiety and, and to uh, like, I say healing, but you'll never be fully healed. I mean, to me, mm-hmm. that's just uh, impossible. Like it's always going to be there, but it's manageable. It's control. It's controllable. Right. But the one thing is time because in time with everything, whether it's job, family, relationships, um, music, you learn from mistakes and with anxiety, you learn maybe this, even this certain food that I eat or this, um, drink with sugar in it makes me feel worse when I'm anxious. Like I have a Coca-Cola, I stop having a Coca-Cola because I feel less anxious. And that's with me, like anxiety and caffeine is very bad. Then they don't go together. So for me, I try and limit my caffeine when I'm, I'm feeling anxious. And there's things you pick up over time to manage it, to control it. That just makes your anxiety because you can't share your anxiety with someone. It's not like Steve down the road has similar anxiety to me or the same. It's impossible because we all have different coping mechanisms as, as people. So yeah, it's just, it's just a time thing. Right. And that makes, I mean, I I hope anyone listening right now or watching this, uh, that is dealing with that. Here's some of those words, what you say and be like, you're not in it alone, but there is other 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 ways. Just try and try and find what those are, um, and yeah. I feel like that's with everything. Like you said, it's not it's not something you cure. It's not something that you just get 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 away with. It's or do away with rather. Um, yeah, just like a lot of things in life, I, I believe that we're all works in progress until the day we're gone. Like that's yeah the moment that you stop working on yourself. It it's not like a lot of people are like oh I've retired. I can I can just relax. I do man, there's still so much you can do while you're still doing stuff. It might be something different, but I mean, like, I don't ever want to just like sit back and be like, Oh, rest of my laurels. You know, it's, it's, I'm a constant work in progress data. I mean, I've made the joke before, but you know, the waking up in the morning is how do I be a less of a piece of shit than I was the day before? Like what, what can I do to, to better myself and the people around me and where, I mean, everybody's legacy is forgotten. I don't, I'm sorry to break it to everyone who wants to leave some legacy and everything, but how much are we talking about the greatest emperors and minds of, of, of ancient times these days? We're not, you know, they, they didn't get to take it with them wherever it is that they're going and whatever your belief is, they don't take it with them. So my point yeah. to all that is to say, like, you're always a work in progress. What, what else do you have but to continually try to do better for yourself and others around? 
Yeah. I also think like to maybe um, go against that comment, not against it because I agree mm-hmm. with it, but but to also like add to it in a different perspective is the more you try and fulfill the gaps, the less beauty you see where everything else may lie. Like if you keep trying to add and add and add and add, everything just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But if you focus on maybe being like, to me, being content is one of the most powerful things you can ever have in the world. Because once you love yourself or you're happy with your environment and your surroundings, nothing beats you. You've you've triumphed in your own area. And then maybe you can add to that. But what I see and why a lot of people burn themselves out, anxiety, depression, and that's why I'm not in the studio every day. I'm not, oh, I've got to write the next Astro. Go, go, go. 20 songs a week. Well, you know, you're not going to, like, no one's going to write the next thing. You know, you don't write the yeah. next song. You you write the song for now. You don't write yeah. for what you did then or what you're going to do for You write in the now, right? Yeah, exactly right. And, like, I write when my heart says, okay, this is a cool concept or this is this feels good. Let's get to writing. So for me, it's like, if I, if like with that, and that is an attachment to anxiety and depression because you keep on trying to force multiple things in your life to be more, to be more for some other person that you may care for or whoever it may be to make sure that when you look in the mirror, I'm doing the best I can, can every day. So for me, like learn to, be, to become content with yourself and what you have and be happy for what's around you because I always say like when I'm angry or whatever, I guarantee that when I've had this argument, I guarantee when I'm on my deathbed, this argument will mean nothing to me or this moment I will not be remembering. You know what I mean? So sometimes that's how you have to look at life. No, and I, I you, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it's not to say uh, what I was speaking on before. I think what you said vibes exactly with it. It's not to yeah. be, it, you know, to be constantly trying to do more. It is to be content with the time and the, and the values that you have at that moment in your life. You know, finding, yeah. finding that peace will help you move on and be happier on things. Money, fame, all that shit. Look at everybody who has it. Like, there's plenty of people from all different walks of life. We know this now. People are more open about it. Everybody through walk, all different sorts of walks in life, none of this shit is solving it for them. What you need to, you know, points that you're making right now are the things that you are, and to your earlier point, doesn't solve them. It's, it's things to work through it. You know, it's it's tools to work through it and, and be content and be better in yourself and everyone around you as, as I said there yeah there's obviously nothing wrong with wanting to make yourself be a better person every day mm-hmm. but don't what I was trying to say is maybe don't wake up saying I have to be a better person so I feel better it's right. like let the normality and let like the fluidity like happen like you get an opportunity to be nice, then be nice, but don't say, oh, you know what? I'm going to do this person's lawn and that person's lawn this morning oh, for yeah. them. So <laughs> I can so I can come off as nice yeah. to people. Like it has to be wholehearted. It has to be um, like from, from the heart. It has to be straight from like the soul or else really you're just amplifying a fake ego. Right. You definitely want everything to be genuine in your, in yeah. your life because that's at the end of the day, you and what's what's between these ears that's what's genuine all the other shit yeah. can like can be you know it, it can get in the way of that too and it's like yeah man just just be yourself because at the end of the day that's what that's what's going to make you happy is being yourself not all this other shit it's just not going to do it yeah 100 percent. let's move on let's move on to like some happier things though can we go back to sports yeah not <laughs> just not the oakland raiders <laughs> <laughs> They're not Oakland anymore, bro. We're the Vegas Raiders. Oh, sorry. And we've got our new stadium and we're all, we've got our new jerseys and we're all flashy. Yeah, I get it. Actually, that stadium, they call it the Death Star, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I saw it. it oh, yeah, I drove past it. It looked Was that when you were crazy. visiting uh, Steve? Yeah, yeah. So I know yeah, he's been out there a few crazy. times. He did, he did some DJing stuff. He lives there. That. What's that? He lives there. He lives there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's my buddy, my, my buddy. I've never actually met Steve, but uh, our singers, uh, uh, friends with him and stuff. So I've, I've, okay, I'm, nice. I'm familiar with him. Yeah, man, that that stadium is crazy. 
It, I still haven't been. I'm, Too I'm bad the worst the, Raiders fan ever. I, the, I the, team, the team's team's a bit average though. You Whoa, know what I mean? Bro. You're gonna you're Just... gonna you're gonna come in here and throw shit on my show <laughs> when you come on here as a fucking Spurs fan? Actually, <laughs> I had I, I had money on Packers though, but uh they were a disappointment. Well, you know, if you had money on the Packers and you you're probably a Devontae Adams fan, you probably thought he was gonna go and do something, but guess who he's was, with right now? I I was hoping Aaron Rodgers uh had some more help on his side, but uh You know what team has those. more help? <laughs> San Antonio. Oh, no. come on. Get out of here. <laughs> I will say I, I, I've, I have a lot of respect for San Antonio for being for, to here in America like a, a pretty out-of-market team. They're not one of the big cities like we talked about, LA or Boston, Chicago, New York. Yeah. But they still have, you know, the five championships under Popovich. I mean, what – Popovich, what what can you say bad about that guy as a best coach, coach in NBA history? Simple. Well, Better than I don't Phil know Jackson. if I'd say it. I, Phil Jackson 100%. might have something to argue there. No, when you when you don't have the best player of all time in your team, okay, and you can consistently over eight to thirteen seasons be successful and still get chips, you're the best coach of all time. And remember that Manu Ginobili is like a second round draft pick like these guys weren't first rounders projected to be everything like the support and coaching team you get it i know what you're doing and i'm gonna stop <laughs> but he's the best coach of all time <laughs> what is okay so uh you probably grew up watching the nba then that's what you love what are some of the sports over in australia that you uh, afl come on man afl Australian Football League, the one where they kick and jump and catch it and hit it like this. Is that, is that, is that, I thought that's called rugby. Is that, is that different? No. So there's two. There's rugby league, which is the one right. where they get like five tackles and they just run in a straight line. And then AFL is on the massive field and okay. you can kick it. And if you catch it, it's a mark. So you stop, you run back and you kick it, or you can hit it with your hand like this. You fist the ball and pass it to people. And they jump on each other's shoulders and take marks. Have you never seen that? You know, I've heard of the AFL. I don't think yeah. I've seen it. And it's, it's intriguing. Yeah. I mean, you said you fist the ball. And I, I don't mean to get yeah. too fucking uh, lowbrow there. But especially the movement, I was like, what kind of fisting are we talking about? But It's like the ball sits, sits like this. And then you go like that. And then that's what a pass is. So if you throw it like this, it's a, it's um, a free kick to the other team. You have to hit. You it. have to volley it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that's and that's this. Did you did you grow up playing any of these sports? I play, I played NRL. I played rugby union. I played tennis. I played heaps of sports, cricket, heaps. But um, yeah. What was Too your many. favorite to play? Basketball. I always played. I played basketball. I played tennis for about 12 years and basketball for about 10. Okay. Um, but bas basketball is my favorite for sure. Now, did, and you didn't go to the Australian mm -hmm. basketball. Like, I remember, like, one of the first times I saw the NBL. Was, is that what it is? Where it actually it doesn't have a backboard? There's a, there was a oh, netball. Netball. That's what it was called. I saw yeah, that sport when I was out in Australia. The, that's a women's league. I was. <laughs> yeah. That's just like you, you can only take two steps with the ball and you, it's just like one point every time it goes in. Yeah. So needless to say, you didn't play that sport. I actually did. I played mixed. Okay. They had like me and my mates with like our friends that were girls. We played on a mixed team. That didn't last for too long, but it was, it's actually very interesting to play. Because I'm like used at to that point, that, if it's mixed, it's more recreational. Something like what yeah, we would do with yeah. like softball or yeah. something like that, where, you know, you have some yeah. beers hang out and fucking shoot the shit. But basically, but uh, it's weird because I'm used to sports that are fluid, like NFL, when the, when it happens, the hike or the, the hut, I don't know what they call it, but when the play happens, you know, mm -hmm. everyone's moving fluid, fluidly, but, uh, and uh, netball, you can only take two steps with the ball and then you can't hold it for a certain amount of time and then pass it. It's weird. That is a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of the, th some of the things that I loved about Australia, a um, couple of things that I love going to Australia for is the beaches and the botanical gardens, especially that Sydney Botanical Garden. Uh, me and my wife last time jogged through it, stopped, checked some shit out. It's really, it's really beautiful there. It really is. Um, and then beautiful beaches. Um, 
did you grow up surfing? Because here in California, I always felt like when I was in Australia, it felt like European California to me. The Gold Coast is very like California, like that style. But for me, I'm a pool person. I love being at home in the pool. I hate sand. Like I'm just like, it just, yeah, it annoys me. Um, and then, you know, like it's just, yeah, I'm a very, I'm a big homebody. But um, I, I wish one thing I loved, like if I could switch my body is loving surfing and loving like the beach. Like that would be the two things that I'd be like, yes, make God make me good at that so I can go do it. But uh, I'm just a pool man. I'm just a pool man cleaning the backyard. Well, they have, you know, they do have, uh, you know, uh, guys like Kelly Slater have created these wave pools that are not like, oh, yeah. it's not like going to, <laughs> to the wave Try, pool that all the kids are. You don't saying. want to see me at a, at a wave pool. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I'm doing you a favor. There. Well, maybe one of these days when you're coming okay. out to the States, when we, st- when we stay in touch, I'll, t- I'll attempt to get you out on a beach here and, and, and see how it goes. Okay. You, <laughs> you attempt all you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll have a couple of drinks here at the bar first, and then we'll walk down to the beach. How about uh, that? That's what we call a thought maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't trying to get the drinks. I was trying to offer you drinks. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I learned quickly there. <laughs> yeah, you did the reverse psychology move on me. <laughs> Well, in all seriousness, man, it was a great conversation. I think we, we touched a lot of stuff, but I, I know there's so much more meat on this bone, and I really hope we could stay in touch and uh, uh, have a few more conversations down the line with or without the cameras. When you're out in the States, you ever want to uh, hang out and have a couple of drinks, hit me up. You got my information, man. Done. Where, where are you located? I'm in where, uh, where Orange you? County. It's about uh, 40 miles oh, south of LA. Oh, California. You know the TV show? I do I know that TV show. I was so excited. That's exactly how it's like. Yes. Now, uh, dude, Orange County, I was born and raised here in Huntington Beach. There's parts of Orange County that they're like that show they're yeah. depicting are like on the cliffs. Everyone's got a shit ton of money and everything like that. Huntington, when I grew up in it, was the poor man's beach of Orange County. It was the surfer's yeah. beach. I, mean, I won't even say poor man's. It was the surfer's locals only beach. We didn't like... It was all about surfing here. Surfing, skating, punk rock, everything like that. Yeah. It's changed a bit over, you know, the 30 years plus that I've been here. I'll, I'll admit yeah. that, but still has, it's still a cool vibe. You should come down that's and visit. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think I was in Newport when I came down. I don't know if that's... Oh, yeah. That's, that's the next city south. So from yeah. LA, next city south. I was in south. Newport for a bit for, an, for a night performing at a club. I don't remember the club's name or anything but yeah um seemed very cool so yeah definitely man i appreciate you having me on dude yeah absolutely and that, uh, uh, there's no bullshit anytime you know you you got through your management you got my contacts anything i could do to help or anything you want to do in the, in the future man you let me know no worries we'll have a bailey's together red velvet oh god damn it. i would drink <laughs> it with you just to fucking prove the point that it's disgusting and then i'll get you some good shit how about that okay deal <laughs> all right wolf man thank you so much for being on the show thanks man yeah i love the new the new record that well it's not thank new you. anymore it's uh, came out last year but i can't wait to see what these uh these five day recordings do for you man i'm really looking forward to watching your career man thanks man all right thanks cheers. for having me peace and that'll just about do it for this week's episode of drinks with johnny thanks for to max wolf for being on the show man such a great dude uh real real mellow and awesome has a good head on his shoulders, a good career ahead of him. As I said at the top of the show, he's got that new song, Fallout, with Bring Me the Horizon. It's a great track. You guys need to go check it out if you haven't already. Um, really, really cool to see the progression of uh, what Wolf is, is doing so far and uh, just the potential of what he's capable, capable of, rather, um, as, I, as we talked about in this uh, chat, just the unorthodox way that he has come up and uh, it's so cool to see. I love this new era of artists and what they're doing in the, in, in, you know, in the streaming world, bringing music to everybody this way and just blowing up massively. It just goes to show that there's no, there's no right or wrong way 
to, to blow up your art and your music. So it's really inspirational. I hope you guys get the same from this. And as always, till next time, cheers. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living. And every week, I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.